finding joy, peace, and fun to live your best life through holistic health of mind, body, and soul with Angel Hiles on episode number 169 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Because life is so short and it's meant to be lived peacefully and in connection with one another and have fun. Hello, this is Jeff Leisowitz, and I'm on a mission to inspire artists and really any human being with a heartbeat to amp up their vision, tap into their potential and shine in the world. Dr. Brad Miller's mission is to guide people through adversity, through life of peace, prosperity and purpose on the Beyond Adversity Podcast. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through by helping you to navigate adverse conditions in your life to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. I'm Dr. Brad Miller, so glad to have you with me. You can always go to drbradmiller.com for over 160 episodes of the podcast where we talk to people who can be helpful to you to help you to navigate adversity in your life. And we've got a free gift for you there as well that can be helpful to your life. Here's a question for you today. How does emotional trauma, mental distress, and physical pain hold you back from from experiencing joy and peace and love and fun in your life. It's all about the connection between your mind and your body and your spirit. And our guest today on Beyond Adversity believes you can live your best life only when you have alignment of body and mind and spirit. And therefore, that means a holistic approach to healing all the all the above, especially in terms of identifying and overcoming emotional trauma in your life. Angel Hiles is our guest. She's a licensed professional clinical counselor in the state of Ohio and West Virginia, and she specializes in helping children, adolescents, adults, and couples heal emotional trauma through a holistic approach combining traditional and non-traditional therapies. She has an education and experience and the personality to help you to live your best life. And she's really passionate about helping people discover joy and peace and love and having fun in their life. That's what she is all about. And she's going to be helpful to us today. Here's what we're going to learn today. We're going to learn about some of the emotional trauma and the emotional uh, processes that go on in people's lives. 
Angel thinks of herself as a guide, an educator, a mentor, and motivator, and she has the belief that every person has the ability to heal themselves. So we're going to learn about that and know about that, and we're going to feel something today. We're going to feel the emotion of her personal story about the about the dysfunctional family that she grew up in and how that manifested itself in many unhealthy ways in her own adult life through a series of difficult choices she made, bad relationships, and so on. We're going to hear her story, and then moreover, we're going to feel the story of how she relates, how people that she has worked with have had their own emotional traumas and dysfunctions and how the coaching she has offered has been helpful to them as she has fostered in a warm and safe environment for people to grow through what they go through. So that's what you're going to feel here today. We're going to learn a few things. We're going to feel, feel a few things. And when you come back on the other side of the interview, we're going to talk about what you can do about it. We're going to talk about what you can engage out of our conversation with Angel Hiles to make a difference in your life. She, her name is Angel Hiles. She blogs at angelhiles.com. That's A-N-G-E-L-H-I-L-E-S.com. You can catch up with her there. But right now, she's here our guest, as our guest on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. So let's get into our great conversation with Angel Hiles right now. We welcome uh, to Beyond Adversity, Angel Hiles. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's awesome to have you uh, with us here today on Beyond Adversity, Angel. Uh, you have a have a uh, you're a clinical counselor where you are helpful to people, children, and adults who've had their own traumas and situations to go through in life. I have a feeling, though, that uh, some of this stems from your own experiences with some own your own challenges or perhaps traumas in your life. Can you? Maybe tell us a little bit about some situation in your life that was uh, traumatic or dramatic and was a, a part of your process of leading you into the life of a clinical counselor. Sure. What a great question. I would definitely, you are correct um, on the background. So my trauma started in childhood. Um, so there was several different traumas. Um, the main one I want to talk about though, is more of ones that go beneath the radar, which are more attachment traumas and, um, relational traumas, developmental traumas, um, where our needs aren't met as children or emotional needs. And we don't have that secure attachment where we feel safe to experience ourselves and to connect with others, which causes a lot of distress. So I was raised um, in a home where my parents ended up divorcing each other three times. And my mom struggled with depression. My dad, he, he struggles in relationships. And so he went on to marry two more times after my mom, but my mom's mental health and self-esteem was very poor growing up. Oftentimes she shared information that was not age appropriate for me at that time. So that caused a lot of 
distress in, in my life. Dad was pretty rigid also growing up. So mom overcompensated. Dad could be very rigid. He was aggressive with my brother a lot. Um, and my, his dad was an alcoholic. My dad never drank, but he had like the behaviors of somebody that would be an alcoholic. Um, and so as I grew up, I realized that there was mental health and substance use, you know, on both sides of my family and each parent did the best they could with how they were raised. And my dad has a lot of traumas, which I don't know if he knows, but, um, he, from what I know about his childhood, that significantly impacted him. And my mom, I can't, she has not shared anything with me that I know about her childhood, but nonetheless, I know what my childhood was like in that environment. So it, it was a lot of uncertainty, lots of change, lots of, you know, not feeling okay to express myself. Their behavior left clues, and especially with your education and so on, you've kind of pieced together a little bit of your uh, family dynamics, which impacted you. Is <laughs> And then in addition to all of that, you know, I did experience um, childhood sexual trauma. So I had complex trauma growing up. A lot of people, when that happens to them, they get stuck. They stay there or they descend into similar uh, patterns or destructive patterns themselves in adulthood and so on and have made some choices, some very deliberate choices to take some actions to not follow those patterns that you grew up in. Tell us a little bit about some of the actions that you took. You know, sometimes we're not aware that trauma is negatively impacting our ability to cope and function. The first place we can maybe just pause and take a, a look to see where in my life am I experiencing pain or does my life look out of control? Right? We have, there has to be some kind of awareness we're experiencing pain, right? And it could be in different areas. Mine showed up in relationships and of course in emotions, but it was definitely my relational and emotional functioning. But that faith for one is what helped me like believing that this was going to be used for a bigger purpose, right? And that I was not alone. So in doing that, I, I met other people that helped me have faith in myself to seek help that you know didn't judge. So a support system is always very important for one. Faith, I believe. Oh, just so you know, creating safety is is number one. And you know, when a person makes the first step to to say. I think I need to change or something needs to change right? that in itself can create more stress, right. And fear because this is whatever the environment is, that's what the person's used to. So to even think about something different is scary. So we, we truly want to just work on how to feel safe in our bodies and trust that even though this is terrifying, and to feel emotions that we have not felt, right, that have got pushed away. That takes courage and then skills to know how to help yourself soothe while you're working through it. Well, you mentioned it a little bit there already and about having a, 
a faith element has been helpful to you. And, and I know that's a part of what you teach others, but tell me, tell me a little bit about, um, your experience in terms of that, in terms of how connection to a higher power or something greater than yourself or spiritual practices may play a part in helping someone to cope with and deal with the adversity of, of trauma and to uh, get better, to come out to a better place. The faith element, you know, it just brings hope, right? The message of love and acceptance and encouragement and hope, truly. It's, I'm not alone in this. There's something bigger than me out there. And just in that action of letting go of control, a person can feel instant relief when that is a conscious decision of, I am ready to let this go. And so that gives one sense of, uh, I believe when you have that connection to something greater than yourself, you said the hope that also brings a little calmness, a little peace in a, when trauma by its nature is a disturbing, upsetting uh, experience and is disruptive. Uh, having a faith basis gives us a sense of uh, direction. And that, and I believe that's a factor here as well. You know, part, part of what I teach is what I'm about is helping to overcome adversity and you just cannot be so self-absorbed because that just leads you to spiral into some directions that are not, you know, not going to be helpful. Yes. And to build on that, it's also creating trust, trusting a God or a higher power of some sort against something bigger than yourself. And in doing that, that is helping create that safety. And you're right, absolutely of a direction, right? But when trauma happens, our sense of security, our sense of safety, you know, our ability to trust is fractured. So that's a great starting place because it is learning how to repair that. You, you've, mentioned, you've mentioned trust there a couple of times, and Angel, and that is uh, such an important thing because you trust in the higher power. That's one thing, but it's also about uh, repairing or rebuilding trust with other people. And sometimes that's hard to do if trust has been broken by some traumatic experience. And you mentioned some pretty, you know, pretty awful stuff there that you went through. But let's talk about the importance of healthy relationships or relationships that are helpful. And what I mean by helpful, healthy can be, you know, it could be a romantic relationship or with your kids or with your friends or whatever. A helpful relationship may be an accountability or a tough love or any number of things like that. But I just want you to talk to me a little bit about the importance and the power of uh, of productive relationships and helping people to deal with, with trauma. Mm, that's a wonderful question because connection is so important, helpful, healthy relationships, genuine. We're, you know, we are designed to be connected. You're created to be in community with one another. And without that, we experience extreme loneliness for psychological wellness, right? And relational, when we are connected and being able to be vulnerable with one another, encouraging, supportive, 
we then are learning how to experience trust and safety. And so that helps our mental health, our emotional health. And now we're starting to, you know, have a fullness and getting back to wholeness. Do you have any examples, maybe in your personal life or in folks that you've worked with where you've seen been, been a part of a healing, part of a healing for people to get through trauma and come through different things? Tell us about some experiences you may have had with uh, productive and helpful people? So definitely family, that can be a tricky one. So if family can be supportive and accepting, we really want to avoid judgment, right? Even if we don't understand, we want to use encouraging, loving words. And sometimes we don't even have to say anything. We just need to be there and identify the feelings that they may be experiencing and give them that hope like, I'm here with you. You're going to get better. And if family can do that, that's great. But sometimes people are in families that aren't healthy or helpful. And so creating healthy boundaries with that is going to be helpful to the individual to let that go, to love them as they are and where they are, but to nurture themselves while they create that boundary. And then look for that support in their friendships where maybe that is going to be in a support group. That part you mentioned there, Angel, about being non-judgmental, and that's hard to do sometimes, especially family relationships, because, you know, people are kind of used to doing that. And, and somebody has a position of power, you know, like a a transition that happens when a, between a parent and a child does transition when that child grows up. My Three children are all adults and I have grandchildren. And so then you have a transition. You still have to trust. The trust is still important, but the judgmental part has to uh, try to avoid that if, if it all can in order to maintain the, the trust and to help to build you through those things. And that's uh, you just really have some great insights there. And I appreciate what you're what you're saying there. Let's talk about the co- let's talk about the cognitive for a minute. What I mean by that is. What do we uh, have to implement and think and do in order to deal with um, uh, adversity in life, trauma, and so on? And I'm thinking about uh, habits, practices, uh, processes, routines, um, things of this nature. Is there anything that you do in this nature that is helpful to you or any things that you teach or help lead your uh, your clients in about habits or processes or practices that you may have to help people. More and more people are are learning about trauma and how it lives in the body. So the first step is to be more focused on releasing the trauma out of the body. So getting the mind-body connection. So you can do that by, I use a mindfulness practice called the wheel of awareness, where it walks a person through different segments of attention. So the first segment And so you imagine, so it's a wheel of awareness. So the middle is a hub of awareness, right? Of the experience of knowing. And you have a spoke that goes out to the rim and that is where the knowns are. So the first rim goes out and the first segment is the five senses, right? So we bring awareness to what is outside of us. Then the second segment, we ask them to focus their awareness on their internal experience. 
Then the third segment is their mental activities. So that's thoughts, memories, hopes, dreams, um, ideas, anything. They're just focusing on, you know, bringing their awareness to what flows through their mind, what's there, what's not there. And then also the last segment will be the interconnectedness, right? Just bringing awareness to perhaps the space in between two people or just their connection to nature and just feeling the connectedness. So that really helps bring them back into their, into the present moment and into their bodies. So how do you help people that you work with, for instance, to uh, begin to identify and connect up with the various aspects of the model that you described and other modalities that you have? Do you have exercises? Do you have, uh, I don't know, role playing or what, what do you do to help people to come to uh, get an awareness of the processes that you are finding helpful to people? So when they come in, I walk them through that, you know, I guide them through that exercise and a breathing or grounding. So that's always first and foremost, and really building the relationship, creating safety, providing choice so they can exercise, you know, autonomy and something that makes them feel safe that they're in control. So that part can take a while until they're feeling safe. You know, it's not really, let's just dive in and start talking about your traumas. And a lot of the time, some people with that are body-based or somatic experiencing, you know, and they just focus on what the body's feeling. So I integrate all of that. So it's building up their coping skills, their ability to recognize when they're in the stress response, right? Because that's where trauma lives, right? In our nervous system. And so when they're activated, they need, the goal is to bring awareness to that. So with that mind-body practice, it gives them more of that ability to recognize when they're in that state and then how to deactivate it. So when they're back in a calmer state. Andrew, now you're telling your body that you're safe in this present moment. But it sounds like it's important to make other people get through adversity is to uh, understand you're going to have ups and downs. And so it's essentially relational, right? I consider myself a relational trauma therapist. So, you know, through the relationship that helps co-regulate, calm the nervous system. And then we can start, you know, looking at things and exploring you know, what they're telling themselves and how to create a new narrative. Well, part of the word, part of the nature of the word trauma itself means, you know, injury, you know, it means something's broken, you know, trauma centers, uh, just on the medical side of things, deal with people with whatever, you know, car crashes or broken bones or any number of trauma to the body. And what we're talking about here is trauma to your emotions and to your relationships and to your psychological health and mental health. And it's hard to heal, hard to get through that unless you calm down a little bit. You have to uh, to do that. And that that's a great thing. Tell us a little bit, Angel, about some situation or person or group that uh, that you've seen a transformation or transition from. You know, to get through adversity really means to not stay stuck in that trauma or that bad place. To get through it to, to a better place, a place that's peaceful, more healthful. Uh, with purpose. Can you just give us an example? You don't obviously don't give names or anything like that, but just a, a person or situation, would you've seen 
something really cool happened where transformation has taken place. So a couple of clients come to mind, but another couple does too. So all in which they had trouble with relationships, right? And feeling safe in their bodies, lots of anxiety, lots of patterns of choosing the same unhealthy partner over and over again. And and having trouble, you know, separating from that. So anxiety was very present, um, self de- self-deprecating thoughts, you know, just very critical of themselves. And so the power of boundaries, I would say for both females and they were both in their, you know, early twenties. So they started asking themselves, right? There's, they started the quest of, getting to know themselves because in addition to trauma, you know, the things we're talking about here is it's a separation from self. Lots of times people don't know who they are, right. And they're feeling a lot of things that aren't truly theirs also. And that's a whole nother topic, but you know, the trauma can really distort our emotions, our views, everything. So when they are paying attention to them and asking themselves, what do I like? What don't I like? You know, what does this person bring to my life rather than am I good Mm. enough? You know, so they, they've started shifting their focus to what they started making different choices. Right. And then they played with boundaries and saying no, you know, um, when somebody expected them to always say yes, or, you know, they started sharing their actual thoughts and feelings rather than not, you know, that avoidant behavior that can show up and be, you know, people pleasing tendencies where I don't want to rock the boat. So I'm just going to do this, but then I'm going to be angry that I did it and resentful because I'm only doing it to please you kind of thing. So when they start honoring their thoughts and feelings, then they start feeling more confident and feeling better. And the anxiety goes down, the anger goes down. That transition that can take place with people when they do transition to seeing their value based on uh, an out to end, money being, you know, meaning from outside forces, whether it's their family of origin or a partner. You mentioned about choosing, you know, you know, the same type of partner and this type of thing. When their values shift to they have their own, you know, self worth that they are a child of God, they are a value in and of themselves, and then they can enhance that through healthy relationships, for instance, but not be dependent or codependent on anything else. And that's a, that's a really cool thing to see when that happens. And it's a beautiful thing when they make their connections within themselves and when they start feeling their worth and believing in their worth. And I'm really glad you use those words because that's exactly right. And I do teach that also of self-worth, right? Self-compassion and nothing separates them from their self-worth, right? It doesn't matter how many negative behaviors or mistakes one has made, you know, you can still turn from that. You know, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And I think, you know, when people engage in behaviors that aren't effective and get helpful to get needs met, and then quite often those behaviors lead to more, you know, negative feelings, guilt and shame, and then reinforces perhaps a negative belief that I'm unlovable or, um, you know, I'm unworthy or just to kind of take our conversation full circle when you're a bit part of the process of being helpful for people to find their self worth and their value and to not be 
dependent or independent or codependent others, that kind kind of takes you back. That helps you then to process and deal with some of the things that you had to deal with growing up and so on. Some of the decisions that you made and help you to uh, have the affirmation of your own, of your own self. And I think ultimately that's what you know, a lot of us want. A lot of folks are just kind of lonely or kind of disconnected in a, in a tough world. And, uh, you know, certainly the last couple of years with COVID, it's even more isolated and things like that. And uh, folks need to have a process to deal with the trauma and the drama in their life. And you're, and you're providing that. So I just commend you on that. So, so folks want to find out more about you, Angel, how can folks be connected with you? Sure. They can check out my website at angelhiles.com. And so I do provide counseling and coaching services and I do have lots of great things in the works. I too am working on a book and I'm working on trainings and courses and live events because I just love teaching and encouraging people modalities to help them release their trauma stored in their bodies and to connect with each other because life is so short and it's meant to be lived peacefully in connection with one another and have fun. We can have fun. There's not enough fun. There's so many distractions and hustle and bustle. And really it's encouraging people to slow down and to be present and to enjoy what is rather than what we don't have or getting caught up in all these external factors and, you know, start moving the body more, start, you know, painting, creating, you know, all these playful things that we forget that we once were as children, right? And the innocence, and we lose that when we grow and get, you know, bogged down by other people's beliefs, or maybe we've absorbed other people's energies and beliefs, right? Like, so now we lost our joy. So I just want to encourage people to be themselves and let the light in and to do more fun things and things that help them feel happy and true to themselves. Many thanks to Angel Hiles for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. I promised you that we would talk about what you can do now. We talked about what you can learn uh, during the time of the podcast, learn about this process of identifying and dealing with emotional trauma. And we talked about the feeling, the emotions of the dysfunctional family that she went through and dysfunctions of many families how we can have to deal with that. But now let's talk about what you're actually going to do about it. We talked about here, and here's what you can do about it, is about being accountable to yourself and identifying the emotional trauma. In order to do that, you really, it's really, really tough to do that on your own. And you need the help of a professional person to help you make the connection between mind and body and soul. And this holistic approach that Angel advocates is it can be uh, made whole, be made real, be manifested through connecting with a coach, connecting with a therapist, connecting with someone who could be helpful to you. That means taking the action on your part of reaching out to someone like Angel Hiles for coaching and guidance. There's many people available out there, but a great place to start is with Angel herself. She's got lots of helpful uh, uh, information and processes that she connects up with, can connect you up with at her website, angelhiles.com. 
com, And I would advocate that you do take the action to begin to make the holistic connection between body and mind and spirit and do what you need to do in order to affect healing in your life. So you can have peace and joy and prosperity and, as Angel says, have some fun in life. Here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast, that's what we're all about, helping you to navigate adverse life events such as a dysfunctional family, other things that can help you to overcome depression or divorce or disease or any number of things and to come to your place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can go to our website, drbradmiller.com. We have over 160 episodes of the podcast, which is dedicated to the process of helping people move from being stuck in adversity to have enjoying peace in their life. It's about process. We've got lots of things to helpful be helpful to you there at drbradmiller.com, including a free gift. So head over there to drbradmiller.com and we have resources for you there. We're all about helping you to grow through what you go through. And we come to you each week in order to speak into your life, a process to help you to achieve peace, and prosperity and purpose. This is Dr. Brad Miller. So until next time, good people, go and do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.